What if companies were already bathing in information about you and your habits? Of course, we already knew they were, didn't we? Don't the Russians already know that I wear a size 10 and a half shoe? But who's doing the gathering? Why are they doing it? What can you do about it? We'll talk about that weird brownies at midnight habit you thought nobody knew about, except now we all do with thought leader Chelsea Brennan from Smart Money Mamas on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to Money with Friends, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Sihai. And I'm Chelsea Brennan. From? Smart Money Mom. <laughs> there you go. And where are you at, Chelsea, physically? I'm in stores, Connecticut. That's fantastic. See how we do this live in front of a Facebook <laughs> audience? This is a show where we not only read the headlines from top financial press, but we also comment on them and give you tips that'll help you manage your money more wisely six days a week. And Chelsea Brennan from Smart Money Mama is back for her second appearance. Glad we didn't run you off, Chelsea. Hey, and I'm still trying to figure out the format, apparently. So <laughs> thanks for inviting me back, even though I keep screwing it up. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to wait a month so you forget everything again, and then we're going to have you back. Perfect. It's fantastic. Just make sure it goes away. Uh, <laughs> we're talking today about the secret consumer scores. This is unnerving. Why did you pick this piece for today? I think it's one of those things we all overlook. We just hit OK on the terms and conditions, and we're like, eh, who cares who's you know, knows what I'm booking on Airbnb or what I'm ordering on Grubhub uh, without thinking about like how that data might be aggregated and used against us in the future. I I was reading this piece and we'll get into it a little bit, but holy cow, there's there. I, 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 I guess I did know, like, as I'm reading, I'm like, yup, I was pretty sure they had that. Yeah, I was pretty sure they had that, but, 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 but let's get into it. But first let's see which one of our friends is kicking off today's show. This is Andy from the Inspired Money Podcast. Just like hanging out and chatting about the news, that's why I tune in to Money with Friends. All right, this piece is called, I Got Access to My Secret Consumer Score. Now you can get yours too. This is from the New York Times. It is written by Kashmir Hill. And Chelsea, if you don't mind, do the honors for us. Absolutely. As consumers, we all have secret scores, hidden ratings that determine how long each of us waits on hold when calling a business, whether we can return items at a store, and what type of service we receive. A low score sends you to the back of the queue. High scores get you elite treatment. Every so often, journalists lament these systems' inaccessibility. They're largely invisible to the public, the New York Times wrote in 2012. Quote, most people have no inkling they even exist. The Wall Street Journal said in 2018. Most recently, in April, the journal's Christopher Mims looked at a company called SIFT, whose proprietary scoring system tracks 16,000 factors for companies like Airbnb and OkCupid. SIFT judges whether or not you can be trusted, he wrote, yet there's no file with your name that it can produce upon request. As of this summer, though, (laughs) SIFT does have a file on you, which it can produce upon request. I got mine and found it shocking. More than 400 pages long, it contained all the messages I'd ever sent to hosts on Airbnb. Years of Yelp delivery orders, a log of every time I'd opened a Coinbase app on my iPhone, many entries, including detailed information about the device I used to do these things, including my IP address at the time. Sif knew, for example, that I'd used my iPhone to order chicken tikka masala, vegetables, samosas, and garlic naan on a Saturday night in April three years ago. It knew I used my Apple laptop to sign into Coinbase in January 2017 to change my password. Sif knew about a nightmare Thanksgiving I had in California's wine country is captured in my messages to the Airbnb host of a rental called Cloud Nine, and then the piece goes on from there. It's interesting, Chelsea, as we dive into this a little bit. I I had uh, a horrible, 
horrible service try to uh, or uh, uh, clean my lawn, uh, just just get rid of some of the leaves and stuff. We just moved into our house. So the, the backyard, the house had been empty for a little uh, bit. I didn't want to do all the work myself. We hired a company to do it. They did a horrible, horrible job. So I disputed it. And then I got this feeling because right after that, I needed some handyman work done. And I went back to the same app and I really had the feeling that inside this app, these lawn people that I was disputing had ripped me on the other side because nobody wanted to do my work like nobody. And I'm generally, I think, a pretty easy person to work with. But it turns out as I read this, it isn't just this one app like people are people on the other side that are doing customer service are learning as much about you as they can. Absolutely. And it's that thing about like how long you wait on hold. There's always that question too of if you've written bad reviews, it's showing up in these things like SIFT. So if you're being marked as a customer that's just an angry customer, uh, you're just going to wait on hold instead of people having to deal with you. Whereas if you tend to rate companies well, they want those more of those good ratings. So they'll deal with those people quickly. Which is frustrating because, you know, if I have a bad experience with a company, I want to tell my friends about it. And yet it seems more and more of these, if I write something bad, I feel like it's being used against me, which is why, by the way, after watching an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, where Larry David, uh, the host of the show, one of the creators of Seinfeld, who's always messing things up, he gives an Uber driver a horrible rating, and then nobody wants to pick him up for Uber. Everybody knows that he's like this Mark guy. Ever since I saw that episode, now I always give people five stars. I don't care what it is. So I'm like, I just want to get picked up next time. <laughs> But it turns well, out that's that it's what we true. Think these online reviews are supposed to be about transparency, right? And like holding companies accountable. Um, but it's it seems like they're finding ways to to make it bite us in the yeah, ass more than anything else. But but I get it. I mean, I think that listen, if I run a company, if I run a company, I know how I get more customers. I get great reviews, right? So if I can find people who are more likely to give a great review, I can game this system. Like the more we set up systems the more people game the system. Heck, we've seen that in American politics, right? Not to get into that, but yes, there's a system (laughs) to be gained. We'll do it. Yeah. And I think um, understanding that like we are giving up this data and while we might think like, okay, what is Apple going to do with this piece of data or what's Fitbit going to do with this piece of data? It's who do they sell it to and where does it go? And what are you agreeing in the terms of service that it can be passed on to? Um, And we talk about tying it back to, to finance. Like, we don't know yet how these consumer scores might get pulled into lender fees and all kinds of stuff in the future. You're even seeing health apps send information to life insurance companies now, right? right. And like how that gets regulated and used, um, we, we kind of have to keep an eye on as a consumer. I'm glad that you said that because even, uh, uh, I mean, a long t- forever, insurance companies have been trading information. In fact, I remember when I would help clients fill out life insurance applications at the bottom of every single one in fine print, and I'd make sure I went and, f- and found it because I want to make sure that my clients knew that this was happening. All these insurance companies trade information back and forth. So if one insurance company knows that you had a problem, Chelsea, three years ago, and they mm-hmm. dig that up, they tell everybody. So which is a why another reason why you don't lie on your application for insurance, but also mm-hmm. b why you figure out what company you want to go with first and decide what you want to do first and then apply so that you're not putting this bad stuff out there about yourself. But but it no longer is that. Now it's like, should I have eaten that brownie at midnight? 
<laughs> and texted, you know, my friend about it through the okay through, through the app. I think okay Cupid's a dating app, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I told everybody on the dating app. It's probably the thing that they don't tell. I'm having brownies. Want to date me? <laughs> not that not that people wouldn't. I'm not saying they wouldn't. Uh, let's go through some of these companies at the bottom because while we have this, we should probably let people know what the, this New York Times piece says Too about it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Sift. Uh, so you can you can go to these. Uh, uh, places and find out what they have on you with sift. It says you go to privacy at sift, S I F T dot com. Um, what other ones do we have here? Zeta global. Now, just a note, cause it says here in the article, you might have a slow response time from sift because before this article, they'd only ever received 10 requests. So that link used to be a form to submit your information. They shut that down after this article was released. So now you have to send an email. So you might, be waiting a little while to get that report from them. That's weird that people would want to know what people have. <laughs> uh, Zeta Global uh, is another one that gives you an online form. Uh, Z-E-T-A Global. You can Google that. Uh, retail Equation helps companies like Best Buy and Sephora decide whether to accept or reject a product return. So if you return a lot, it's return activity report at theretailequation.com. Riskify develops fraud scores, tells you what data it's gathered on your possible crookedness. Privacy at riskify.com. Uh, customer, cleverly with a K, customer, a database company that provides what it calls unprecedented insight into a customer's past experiences and current sentiment, tells people to email privacy at customer with a K.com. Um, wow, that quote kind of makes my skin crawl. I know. <laughs> crawl with a K, right? Uh, just exactly. yeah, just because the companies say they'll provide your data doesn't mean they actually will. The piece, uh, the piece says, and then it goes on to say that customer gave them gave gave them the runaround, um, and then I, marked that you had a bad current sentiment in your report. Well, before we get to our big takeaway here, I want to ask you a, a question, Chelsea. I've thought about doing this before about getting all my data from all of these companies. And then I think about this concept, which I learned early on when I was uh, a training manager, teaching people how to do things. There was a concept in training called efficacy. And efficacy is if I train you to do this or if I do this, how much is it going to move the needle, right? Mm -hmm. So there's stuff that I can do and it seems cool. And then there's stuff that really moves the needle. I get all this information about myself from all these different companies. What's the efficacy score on that? I, I think it's close to zero, Right. I mean, I mean, I can get it all and I can go, wow, okay. They know that I took an Uber and I gave this guy a five. <laughs> can I do anything with that? Is, is there, I mean, am I missing something? No, I think you're absolutely right. So I, so I will not be re requesting all these reports because mostly it'll just freak me out that <laughs> right. they have hundreds of pages of data and I can't get them to delete it. Um, I think the biggest takeaway is just understanding what you're signing up for. So like if there's an app that's like, you know, I'm going to track your whereabouts or like whatever, how many steps you take all over the place. Understand that like that data is going somewhere else and is the what you're getting from the app worth the the risk you're giving up. But in, in overall, like you can't do anything about what's already out there. Um, and you can just keep an eye on how companies are using these scores um, and using this data. Yeah. And my takeaway from this is is very similar, which is that uh, 
being aware of the fact that that these companies are tracking you means that creating a profile for yourself, like I always think of what does my online profile look like, right? Of course, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm online constantly, so I have to do that. But I think for all of us doing that, what, what am I saying publicly? What are people thinking about me publicly? How is this going to impact people that I don't, that, that I'm not seeing today? As an example, as you know, when a company has a complaint, that complainer tells far more people about a bad experience than will tell if they had a good experience. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure that if I'm a company, that those squeaky wheels, that I take care of those. Um, I think that's super important. I think it's the same, though, if, if I'm somebody just uh, trying to control. I can't control it, but I can definitely influence how people think about me online. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Lauren is hanging out with us. We do this live in front of a Facebook audience. She, uh, she says, wow, well, but at least there's a way of gaining access to the information, even, even if it will take five years <laughs> to get the data. Yeah. Uh, and Lauren also says that while curiosity wants, uh, wants me want to request the data, what is it genuinely going to accomplish? Can I dispute it? If not, what's the value of investing in the process? At least I'll now be more informed about what's going on. And you'll actually then learn exactly how much of that uh, of that good food that you ate. Even though we don't want to look back at that, do we? Why well, I went to McDonald's last Thursday <laughs> and I ordered a double bacon mix something or other. Yeah. We already went over our big takeaways, but what I do want to do in a second here, Chelsea, to mix it up a little bit is talk about online privacy and maybe some online privacy tips uh, that you may have for our Money with Friends family. But before we do that, I want to talk just briefly about our sponsor, which is Rocket Dollar. Thanks to Rocket Dollar for supporting Money with Friends. Rocket Dollar account holders have the ability to invest their retirement savings in anything that they choose. You know how usually you'll have a Vanguard account or a Fidelity account or some other brokerage. You'll have a mutual fund, maybe a stock, a bond, whatever it is. Well, with Rocket Dollar, you can, inside of your IRA or a solo 401k plan, invest in many, many other things that the IRS allows, like real estate. And I'm not talking about a real estate investment trust, but an actual piece of property you can put inside your IRA. Private companies you can invest in, peer-to-peer lending, crowdfunding, anything allowed by the IRS, but outside of those, quote, normal things that you see, you can use Rocket Dollar to invest in. Making investments is easy. You simply write a check out of your Rocket Dollar account. You don't have to wait for a custodian. You don't have to call a custodian. They mail a check on your behalf. It takes forever. Don't have to do that. It's really that simple. And best of all, you get to keep all those tax protections of your existing IRA or your 401k. If you open a Rocket Dollar account today, you'll take advantage of a world of investment opportunities. You get all of this for $15 a month and a one-time $360 sign-up fee. Now, here's the deal, guys. If you're used to Vanguard, Fidelity, T. Rowe Price, other fun family funds, $360 sounds like a ton of money. If you've ever tried to put a piece of property inside of an IRA, $360 is nothing, is absolutely Nothing. For our Money with Friends listeners, Rocket Dollar is also going to give you $100 off that setup fee if you use Money with Friends when setting up your Rocket Dollar account at rocketdollar.com forward slash MWF. So go to rocketdollar.com forward slash MWF. By the way, uh, the Rocket Dollar team has been really cool about that. If you're interested in Rocket Dollar, they actually give you all the steps to make sure you get the 100 bucks off. Uh, so rocketdollar.com forward slash MWF. That can be complicated, Chelsea. And that's also... Not for everybody putting putting property inside your IRA. 
Absolutely. And peer-to-peer lending inside your IRA. Yeah. But if you're going to do it, I mean, heck, uh, and, 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 you know, if, if you're investing in a friend's company, first of all, oh, yeah. you know, uh, looking at specifically, why would you do that <laughs> beside the fact they're a friend? But if you're going to do it, uh, using your IRA money could be a way to, uh, could be a way to get that done that wasn't accessible before. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about this idea of online privacy because all these companies are, are, uh, keeping track of you, Chelsea. What's one great tip for people to make sure that they, that they keep their data where they want it? So I think the biggest one is to go through your phone settings and make sure you've turned off apps you don't want tracking your location or tracking your voice. Uh, More and more apps are having that function automatically turned on. So they're listening to your conversations and you can turn that off in your phone settings. And then the biggest thing that we do is is using a, a password manager like LastPass. I think a lot of our information is out there. The ability to hack into our accounts is just becoming more and more prevalent. And the better you can protect yourself, turn on two-factor authentication, be careful what you're saying in public forums online. Um, but yeah, we're seeing with things like SIF that your data is going to get out there. Um, you just have to protect yourself on the back end. Yeah, I love all that. I use I use Dashlane. I pay for Dashlane. Um, mm-hmm. I like it as well. But people I know love LastPass. The uh, but having a password manager I think is huge. Uh, that that's clearly my number one. I'll just do an add on. You know, they say twice a year to change the batteries in your smoke detector. I like I like a couple times a year. Do a Google search on yourself and see mm-hmm. exactly what's on you, what companies have about you online. You don't have to email all these different places, but knowing what people think about you online and what is out there about you online, I think is uh, is a pretty important thing as well. Um, and managing that, the fact that you can manage that. These companies are trying, but by putting some people on hold longer and other people taking their call right away, they're managing their online data. You can do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Think of yourself as a company. Uh, Chelsea, where do people find you? You can find me at smartmoneymamas.com or smartmoneymamas on all social platforms. And uh, at the start of the year, you've got a podcast coming. Yeah, the Smart Money Mama show will be released uh, in early 2020. And are you going to use my name as a verb on that show? Absolutely. We're, we're <laughs> trying to find a way to work that in right now. <laughs> You're going to try to Joe see hi people. It's going to be great. <laughs> For people who don't listen to Stacky Benjamins, that's over your head. But uh, we use Chelsea's name as a verb sometimes. All right, everybody, on behalf of Chelsea Brennan from Smart Money Mamas, I'm Joe Salcihai. We'll see you back here next time, Bobby and I, tomorrow on Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.